Welcome to the Solent Shipping Podcast, your weekly shipping news and market recap, with your hosts, George Day and Andrea Iguera. How are you, George? How are you spending your time during this uh, England lockdown? English lockdown, I mean. Inside, hiding from the rain. All right. But where do you live in UK? I don't remember. I, do you live in the north or in the, probably in the west part? I live in the southwest. Uh, in the southwest. In Somerset. Pretty much directly opposite Cardiff in Wales on the Bristol Channel. All right. All right. So southwest. And are you close to Exeter, isn't it? No, I'm saying uh, Exeter and Bristol kind of sat halfway in the middle. All right. All right, all right. John, I am Andre Guerra. I'm an Italian student. I'm 20 years old and currently studying at Solid University. And right now, of course, I'm in Italy for uh, obvious problems of coronavirus pandemic. And present yourself, George. I'm uh, George Day. I'm studying maritime business at Solid University. Uh, we're currently in the second year and also studying online, home from uni as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And yes, yeah, so we are going to talk about the hot topics of this week. Uh, where would you like to start? I think we should start with uh, Braemar and them, uh, them arranging a CEO finally with James mm-hmm. Gundy. Yeah, okay. after the last year. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to start. Him moving up from being the head of the shipbroken division at all right, and uh, later uh, we'd like to talk about China and uh, how it's called the single day in China, that is the 11th uh, November, isn't it? That I think they made much more uh, revenues from that day, uh, I'm talking about GDP in China, compared to the Cyber Monday and the, what is the other one, the Black Friday. And later we can talk about uh, US election, pre- uh, presidential election that are, of course, an topic. Uh, that uh, until now they didn't they didn't talk for the last two three days because it's obvious that Biden has won despite of course Trump is claiming has uh, claimed about his fake victory but we are going we are going to see about that so let's talk about Bremer um, we have seen that last year there was a bit of uncertainty uh, about the current uh, CEO of Bremer because the old guy uh, do you remember the name right now has retired. Yeah. James Kidwell said Yeah, James Kidwell, yes. Uh, what did happen this year, George? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so so Gundy was the head of the shipbroking division, uh, Braemar uh, ACM. Mm-hmm. And basically, he'd been... Originally, when he was part of ACM, he was chief executive at ACM before they merged with Braemar. Uh, yeah. And then he stepped back from... When did they merge? Sorry if I interrupt you. In 2014, isn't it? Yeah, 2014, six yeah. Six years ago, yeah. Yeah, and he basically six years ago, he stepped back from the board because he wanted to focus on his shipbroking. He said mm-hmm. that was, a, that was you know, the bigger job at the time. Uh, but now he feels comfortable with the experienced team that he's got around him, and he feels like that team is going to step up. Now, he's going to continue, obviously, with his shipbroking, but he's also going to step up and be the uh, CEO and help the company uh, forge its new direction, uh, which... As you can tell by them, you know, deciding to make their um, their CEO their top shipbroker, you can see that they're obviously mm-hmm. planning, focusing on shipbroking. So that's what they're doing. They're 
consolidating their business and they're focusing on shipbroking. That's uh, do you think uh, are they going? Of course, they are going to compete much easier to the other competitors such as SSY or Clarkson uh, or you know this is an important company uh, move choice. I make. mean, can you draw a similarity between them and Clarkson's? Uh, maybe. I mean, Clarkson. I mean, you've got uh, Andy Andy Case at the top there. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also an S&P broker. He's also one of the yes. know, top broker. Probably so, the, the most important in the world. I think they have already, they already have another office in um, Singapore or in Hong Kong. I don't remember right now, but they have, they have exploited the Asian market in the last years. And I think it's the, the right choice to make. In Geneva and Athens as well. So. Uh, yes. Right. Well, well, of course, in the Piraeus zone. So I think, yeah. you know, they are, and they're, apparently they're, Apparently, they're moving to the US as well. They're planning on up in the US market as well. So. It's always a tough market, you know, to face and yeah. to cope with all the challenges that generally, if you are a foreign broker, it's, dif- it's difficult to establish in the uh, USA, in the USA market, because all the USA flagships uh, generally rely on uh, uh, own brokers, own yeah. American brokers. But, you know, it's, um, it's a good, I think it's probably a good change for Braemar, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. focusing on you know their core value where they bring in the most money where most of their business is done i think mm-hmm. that's probably a good thing um yeah to be honest if they're going to offer a good quality service i mean realistically it's not about braemar hitting the headlines is it it's about them helping their their clients the ship owners it's about helping them hit the headlines you know so yeah, yeah. we're going to figure it out if it was the right choice to make but i think it was the right choice to make so we have to wait at least for six months or one year to see which uh, will be the improvements that this new CEO has uh, has taken. But I think based on his uh, great and deep experience, uh, it's going to be a success for the company. Or, of course, we have seen this year that some uncertainties such as uh, uh, coronavirus outbreak uh, uh, brought some, you know, uh, fails and some problems in the market. But if Bremer is a good established broker in London and not just in London, I think he can just bring um, great improvements in the company. Would you like to add something about that? No, okay. I think you just covered it there exactly. I think that is, you know, that that is going to be their way forward as we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, how they, uh, how they step up. And I think they will. I think they've got the right people in charge and they've got the right vision. Mm-hmm. And all right, so let's talk about another argument. We have seen another topic. We have seen, you know, uh, three days ago, isn't it? Yes, 11th November, the the single day in China has created a mess uh, all over the country. Uh, We've seen that Alibaba um, has had any problem, uh, some problems regarding the logistics part. Uh, I want to remember that uh, despite uh, Amazon has tried to, you know, uh, move into that country in China. In this, uh, in this case, uh, it was pretty difficult to establish their operation there. So Alibaba controls uh, most of the logistic part. So we've seen that there were a lot of problems, especially for the containers carriers that had to sail from different, uh, you know, Chinese port from Dalian to other port uh, to move these goods because it, it was really important uh, uh, these uh, single days that uh, how we have already uh, said before it moves much more products and goods uh, 
uh, all over the country more than the Cyber Monday and the Black Friday. So and more than the Valentine's Day that in the Western country is, you know, much more mainstream, we can say. And so it was pretty difficult for container ships. I think uh, uh, Costco container ships uh, uh, have tried to have this, uh, you know, uh, goods movement. And uh, it was a, a tough moment for the Chinese market. So I mean, sales yeah. sales on their platform hit one billion US dollars <laughs> in just over a minute. Crazy, 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 crazy. Just that's... think about you know the IT uh, IT problems that the the, the platform uh, would have faced in that problem in that in that period. Crazy. Uh, I think that just shows you the scale of what is being moved here. And uh, yeah, I mean, next day delivery sounds like a great idea uh, to the average consumer, but it's a bit of a logistics nightmare. Uh, I think it was testing. I mean, sorting wise on the on the end of the company, so on the end of Alibaba, uh, you know, or let's say on the end of Amazon for like Amazon Day or something, I mean, they have a they're great technology setup mm-hmm. makes their job very easy. But at the end of the day, it's still got to be either loaded in a plane, loaded in a truck, or yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Ship. And that's you know, and that process um, that takes time. You know, but for example, if you have to move some goods from two different inland towns. Uh, uh, in the country, you don't need ships, of course, and it's much easier and quicker to move by train rather than airplane, probably. But yes, it was it was a kind of mess. So um, let's keep to another topic that was really interesting, of course, interesting, of course, in this period, and it was the U.S. presidential election. Um, in the room. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about this election. So yeah. uh, ah, Tokyo, sorry. No, whereas uh, Biden versus Trump. Um, mm-hmm. We won't get into the uh, politics of it, and we won't get into the uh, you know the counting of any votes or any. Uh, uh, I, I, we won't touch on that. We're a shifting podcast, but what we will touch on is the fact that you know Biden has been you know is the present elect. Uh, we know that, and um, well. Trump in his time in power has ruffled a few feathers, you know, both in America and internationally and affected Mm -hmm. uh, international trade quite significantly. And it's what that is then going to do, what that is then going to do when it comes to switching to Biden. Is Biden going to reverse what Trump has done or, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to Venezuela, when it comes to Iran, is he going to, you know, uh, is Biden's green initiatives going to affect U.S. fracking. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the last debate, remember, it was in the late day of um, October, I think. Yes, said that he's going to make all the fracking uh, industries disappear in less than one year or less than two years. That is pretty impossible. And Trump asked him, are you sure about this statement? I'm going to note about this statement. Of course, it's not going to is not possible at all. So um, I think uh, we have uh, said before the recording of this podcast, uh, Biden is basically, a, you know, it's a yeah. liberalism country. So. I, I think no matter what Biden's own agenda is, mm-hmm. I think when, when you look at the larger picture, the US has 
in some ways benefited from Trump's nationalism. And the American public, I think, has been quite favorable, you know, favorable of Trump's nationalism. They ne- not necessarily Trump's actions at home, and I think that's why Trump has uh, lost the election, mainly his handling of the coronavirus pandemic and amongst other yes, things. Yes, I think it was the main factor uh, his, for whom he has, has uh, lost the, this uh, election. You yeah. know, his handling of major topics at home and his, I think also his lack of, um, you know, really... So, you know, we have seen that, of course, the uh, sanctions uh, will be probably relaxed. Uh, Biden has stated that, but mm, I'm not really sure he's going to do that uh, within, in less than five or six months. Yeah. You know, everyone knows that Iranian uh, sanctions and Venezuelan sanctions has uh, completely changed the tanker market. Uh, uh, especially because uh, it's removed a lot of and smaller tanker ships, uh, tankers uh, on the market. But yep. the, in the last two, three years, I don't remember when uh, Trump put the sanctions on uh, Iranian vessel and Venezuelan ones. So the freight rates spiked in the last two years, uh, and we have seen uh, three hundred. Uh, uh, $300,000 for one week during, I don't remember which month, what was in the middle uh, of uh, the pandemic. The Iran crisis, yeah. I mean, when we, when, when you look at it here, I mean, the ton miles, if Biden does look at, uh, does look at reducing sanctions, uh, you know, obviously going to decrease, which means that the demand for the much larger tankers, you know, your VLCCs, they're going to, they're going to reduce. Um, and obviously then as a result, freight rates for, you know, and, and, and chartering for, for VLCCs is also probably going to drop. But it, I think it depends. I think you, we're not going to see maybe an immediate reaction because no, no. one knows what, what Biden's going to do here. Um, he might keep those sanctions in place. He might keep though, he might reduce them, but not significantly and just try and build ties and negotiate. And we don't know where those negotiations are going to go. I can't necessarily see him just ditching the sanctions. Mm-hmm. I think see a no- yeah, me neither. Me neither. I think we'll see a negotiation. Those negotiations might affect the tanker market, but we don't know the result of those negotiations. So I think we'll probably, yes, see VLCC's rates drop. Now, you know, there's quite a few older VLCC's in the market still operating which are quite expensive to operate uh, yes so you know they're also but um are they gonna you know are they gonna be easy to continue to meet marpole regulations as you know as they adapt in coming up to 2030. yeah you're perfectly right uh, and according to trade winds uh, you have just said about that but okeanis we know who okeanis is um, says Biden, sanction stance could be key to VCC scrapping, especially for older vessels. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, if you uh, all the ship owners that uh, owns vessels that are older than 15 or 20 years old, uh, they have to look at the scrapping markets and say, OK, is it the right moment? But if I'm going to keep all of these older vessels in my fleet, uh, do I have to pay um, a lot of money in order, you know, to 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 change spare parts uh, and all the OPEX costs, the fixed costs that they have to pay uh, monthly and yearly. So I think rather than the tanker market, the bulker market and the container market will be happy about this Biden election, especially for the, uh, you know, uh, China trade war. What do you think about the China trade US, war? U.S. China trade, I think you'll see a, a, a you know, a, a relative increase. 
I think mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately um, there is um, a power struggle between the US and China. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Trump obviously tried to face that through you know, kind of a tough stance, uh, certainly more recently anyway, uh, since the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and I don't, I don't see that being the case with Biden. I think there'll be slightly more trade between the two. Um, maybe more cooperation. Uh, if that is the case, then obviously that's brilliant for the shipping industry because more trade between them means more business for us. Right. Um, um, but also, yes, in the bulk market, if there's more trade, then there's China's going to need more materials and therefore there's going to be more bulk trade going into China. Yeah, I think we're going to see a, a much more increase in the and development in the container market rather than the bulk area. It is going to be steady. Probably the year freight rates are going to lift a little bit, but not too much compared to the container market. I've seen an article, I think on Lloyd's List, I don't remember about Maersk or Apagloy, that they are going to rise their box uh, box costs. Freight rates are, you know, you know, relatively low, especially in the container industry. Yes. Um, and that's quite a slim industry as it is. I don't think you can get much slimmer at the moment. I think they're already, yeah, I think they're pretty. Also, with economy of scale, that most of the larger, um, you know, container fleets uh, are are decided to to choose in the last five or six years with bigger and bigger container ship. Uh, I mean, mm, agreed. I think it's a relatively young fleet. Um, like you said, they're getting bigger and bigger. I. In certainly in the short to medium term, they are pretty much as efficient as they're going to get, which means the only way they're going to increase their margins is if they put prices up. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can get the the spot rates up, um, the, you know, the market rates up. Um, yeah, I think seeing an increase in demand in the in the short or certainly medium to long term would give them uh, an opportunity to increase their margins. Certainly in the short to medium term. Um, yeah, I perfectly agree with you. So um, I think we've talked too much for this episode, for this first episode. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Let's see you the next week. Yeah, definitely. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank, Thank you, you very much for your listen.